We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to newly rebranded Mavs Party. We're going to be doing these only after wins, and we're going to be doing group therapies because really there's not much to bitch about when you go on the road and beat the number one team in the East for their seventh home loss of the season and do so in resounding fashion with, with Luka Doncic unable to hit a shot and Maxi Kleba turning back the clock and looking like the dude we always want him to be. Okay, team, you guys know the rules here, and if you don't, here's the gist. When I bring you up on stage, be sure to hit that unmute button. Second, be sure to look for your name, uh, the the ring around your name to be lighting up dark green like I am. If, if you can't see that, that means the speaker's not picking you up, which means everybody can't hear you that well. All right, coming up first, we're going to bring on my man Ruben. Ruben, welcome. What's up tonight? Hey, I found a mute button. Look at that. (laughs) Hey, what's up, Kurt? Oh, man, I watched this game, man, and I just got to say, I I know Dinwiddie, you know, he's not, he's, it looked, it looked a little scared to shoot tonight, you know, first game with a new team, but his length is, I don't know, his length is kind of opening up a lot of doors just like defensively and his playmaking ability when he cuts. Um, he might can't make everything, but he can still pass it to the right person, which gets other people open. And I feel with three people that can like actually dr- <laughs> actually drive the ball to the goal without losing it on the floor at the same time. I know it may hurt a little bit defensively, but oh, my gosh, I just was like, if these guys can hit their threes now, like and keep moving the ball like we did tonight. 
this team is kind of dangerous, you know, and once Dinwiddie, you know, I, I hope he just starts letting it, you know, letting it fly uh, so he can find some type of shot. But his length is like I didn't expect him to be so long, um, I guess because I never watched Brooklyn or Washington play. So um, that's the first thing I noticed. The wingspan is huge. Uh, you're right. It, it, he didn't even really have that interesting of a game, but it sort of popped for that respect. And, and you know, there's all sorts of weird numbers and good numbers about this game. You know, beyond the, the kind of ridiculous three-point shooting team or for this team, the Mavericks only had eight turnovers. And Miami's unbelievable on defense. So that's just really, you know, it was, it was really fun. to. Yeah, eight turnovers with three point guards pretty much who handled the ball pretty well tonight. Um, and, you know, Luca wasn't, you know, doing those stupid passes where he thinks he can just get the ball across the court or up the court super fast. I'm glad he kind of like settled down. But Jesus Christ, what is up with Jimmy Butler getting all these calls? I called him. So- he leads he leads the league by a significant margin on fouls on jump shots. Something about how he plays just invites contact. And you know, if Maxi hadn't had a the kind of game he did, Butler might have had forty five points. Like it was And it's like he like I called him the Tom Brady of like basketball because he gets all the calls but then cries to the ref about little shit. I'm like, bro, you just got 10 calls. You literally almost got 10 calls in a row. I, I didn't even think they were going to uh, shoot a actual shot and only free throws for the whole fourth quarter when they made the little comeback all off his free throws. But um, I'm glad we settled down. But Maxi, um, just going to give some props to him. Gee, man. Was it career high? Well, not career. Was it a career high for him with 19 I'm tonight? I'm not sure or about a season points, high? but the dude had five blocks. So it was that last block, that last block on um, yes, oh my god, <laughs> that, I'm like waiting on NBA uh IG page to post that one. That was a hell of a block. Um, and last thing, Bertans, man, twelve points, <laughs> all like in his first game. Um, I don't know what else to say. I, I, he dunked. Yeah, so he I didn't dunked. know that was a thing. Like like a Berton's running dunk, diving on the floor, looking like a Mavs Moneyball contributor. <laughs> like, I mean, he is a unique looking man, is what I'm. Yeah, say. man, it's the head, um, man. I, I don't know, man, but I, I really like uh, the pieces. Now I know we're we're kind of missing a you know a real center, but if these guys can you know make up with you know getting turnovers with their length, I think we can kind of get by. Only until we run into like teams like maybe the Suns or, you know, I mean, we beat the number one team in the East. I don't know what else to say about that. But um, but uh, I was one last thing I was thinking of. Um, I don't know. I think Dallas won that trade with Washington. I don't think KP still hasn't played yet. So uh, that's a, a, a point for us. But um, I enjoyed the game tonight. Uh, hell of a win. Like. Maybe one of the biggest wins of the, of the of the season with two new pieces uh, contributing like they did. But um, I'll, I'll get off and listen. Um, thanks for letting me speak. Of course, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, you know, the other wonderful part about this is that it is 9.50. So we're going to be able to talk for a while, and then we're going to get on with our evening. Coming up next, my man Doe. What's happening? Hey, Kirk. See, you sound happy. This is great. Yes, I am not cranky for one. 
I'm ready to freaking eat some crow. Holy cow, Bertrand's Bertrand's for president. Yeah, he was wild, dude. He took four threes in the first four minutes that he played. He's definitely not scared to take a shot. And they they need that. Tim Hardaway was basically the guy who was who was un like unafraid to take a shot. The rest of the Mavs need a guy like that. Oh yeah, he moved a whole lot better than I thought he was. You know, I thought his he was a little more injured and a little more tender with the foot, but he really surprised me with his movement, you know. Coming from the Spurs system, I didn't think he'd be a lockdown defender, but fundamentally he should be a decent defender. You know, my only problem with him, can he rebound? But No, but he did nearly double his season average tonight with three. His season average is 1.8. Anything over two rebounds is an improvement, you know. And we did it without Luka making having a big game. That's what's impressive. We have a second unit. Oh, my God, we could possibly have a second unit. Well, normally I'd say not so fast, my friends, but they did just beat the number one team in the East, so. Maybe despite the refs, too, just like the previous caller said, Ruben, you know, that's ridiculous, you know. It's like these refs came back from, you know, back in 08 or the previous championship series or whatever you call them, those mystery fouls. It was just terrible. NBA fishing this year has been bad. Sure. Well, you know, Bennett Salvatore has to live somewhere, so he's just he's going to come back and ref the occasional. <laughs> oh my God! But I'm I'm really hoping to give this a chance. But Dinwiddie still looks a little tender. But at least he had what four or five assists. He did a lot of excellent ball movement. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because he was the recipient of a lot. Like the first assist he had was one of those Luca gets doubled, goes to Bertans, or I'm sorry, goes to Dinwiddie, and what the Mavericks have a tendency to do is just kind of like rocket passes to the corner. He threw a nice bounce pass that went under the defender's hand for a three. It's great. It was great. He has a lot more basketball instincts than I give him credit for, you know, watching him this game. I really haven't seen him very much. I'm just a little worried about his movement still. Sure. Well, but he still was aggressive. I love the aggressiveness. I think that the Dinwiddie outlook should not be for this year. And you take everything that you see positive as a bonus and anything where he looks tentative as something to maybe work towards. Because as as our man Xavier pointed out, he's down there in the chat. He wrote a great piece today for Mavs Moneyball. I recommend you go right. You go uh, read it. He, he reminded us all that the last time Bert, uh, uh, Dinwiddie played basketball was really 2020. I mean, it's been a while until this season. And he is so, so getting his feel back for the game and confidence in his legs, because he does have two ACL tears. That's going to take a while. So it's, it's not a single Oh, yeah, it's going to at least take two seasons. Anything he does is cherry on the, on the ice on the Sunday. But the look for Bertrands is really positive, in my opinion. You know, he's – Definitely not scared to shoot it. You know, he's aggressive. I like that. And Dinwiddie's, he makes a good basketball plays, you know. That's what we need, some intelligent basketball plays in the second unit. We're not running around with our heads chopped off like chickens. We don't know what to do when Luke is off the floor. That's right. Well, thanks so much for joining. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. Okay. Um, everybody, if you can scroll through the users in the chat, I want everybody to check out our man Rolo Gonzalez's sweatshirt. And he needs to drop us the link where he got this because this is a phenomenal sweatshirt. Um, all right. Coming up next, let's bring, uh, let's bring Mohit. What's happening?
Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, really enjoyed this game. Uh, I was getting kind of nervous uh, in the second quarter when they started running away with it a little bit. I kind of just, uh, I don't know, I, I guess I, I didn't have any hope that we would be able to turn it around, but uh, the defense really stepped it up in the second half. I think that was like probably the, the main general storyline for this game. Um, so... You want to know during some some games like I'm a Salesforce administrator, but I'm not certified. And I was using this game to study for my exam because I didn't want to get mad. And then I basically had to stop doing that because this I, I expected this to be a very bad game. It was outstanding, just an outstanding. Match. Yeah. So I guess uh, uh, the first point, um, you know, it's pretty obvious uh, what the Heat's defensive strategy was. It was to Pretty much double Luca on every possession they could uh, get away with it. Uh, uh, you, I mean, but like Luca did what he did. He adapted, gave the ball up early, uh, and then thankfully saw a lot of people. Other people made some plays. Um, I know, like a lot of possessions, especially like even in the clutch, he was just uh, he, he gave it up early and kind of just stood near half. So, uh, I think the one that comes to mind is the Maxi dagger. Like I, he like didn't really have any. Uh, hand in creating that shot. He was near half court, so that was pretty well, good to see. This is a great. I'm really glad you brought this up. So where, so he had picked this tonight, right? Where he really excelled. He only had, he had three of the Mavs eight turnovers, which is fine considering how much he handles the ball. He was getting doubled like crazy, and he made the first pass quickly, which resulted in the second pass. Like a lot of the Mavericks secondary playmakers, Dinwiddie, Verwan, Brunson for the other. And even like Dwight Powell, I think Dwight Powell kicked it to Maxi for that dagger three. Like that sort of like like trust and ball movement is huge. Was- yeah, someone else who benefited off the ball movement was Josh Green. I mean, that who who saw that first quarter coming from him, honestly. And uh, two made threes. I mean, I I don't think anybody could have called that. I mean, I don't know how many he has on the year, but he can't have more than fifteen. So for him to hit two in in under twelve minutes is hilarious. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if he can steal minutes here and there, and like he's pretty active on defense, I mean that's a plus. So I think it's just a uh, our whole roster is kind of getting a little more rounded out, which feels nice. Um, like Vertons, he. Missed his first two, and then he went four for six the rest of the game and hit three threes. Uh, and then, like, I just – I was really happy to see how, how hyped he was after that and one dunk. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that emotion from him. And, uh, you know, it's his first game with the Mavs, and, you know, maybe maybe that's a good sign for, like, his camaraderie. Man, they, they – if you happen to get a chance to either read or listen to their media availability, they were not happy <laughs> – like, I was not expecting Bertans to sound like a man who just got done, you know, like suffering somehow. So it was, I mean, he's making $80 million in the course of his contract. And it was just, it was really fun to hear, like, to see both what you're talking about and then hear them a few days before just sound like they're, like, free of a situation. Like, could Bradley Beal be a bad, bad vibes guy? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think even in their, I, I don't know if you're talking about their Mavs availability, yes. but... uh Okay, yeah, they definitely did not seem, you know, overly eager, uh, for sure. But I mean, for Bertans, like, I think, I think our offense is just good for him. You know, like it generates open threes, and uh, you can tell he's pretty confident in his shots. So, uh, like that one, one where the shot clock is running down, he kind of even had a guy in his face, and he just took it anyway, and it went in. Uh, so those Love are kind of thoughts that we were missing. 
That's right. Well, thanks for joining. I hope you come back. All right, yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's keep flying through. Chris, what's happening, my friend? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? It's Nothing. Just uh, anytime Bertans hits a three this season, I'm going to be like, oh, Doyle rules, because he looks like that dude from Billy Madison, just a skinnier version of him. <laughs> I mean, I posted a picture of him. It wasn't fair on Twitter where I just, I, I, it was him at practice, and he has kind of – in the photo, he has kind of terrible posture. And his head's so big, and I just like I tweeted, "How do you, how do you do, fellow professional athletes?" Because he just yeah. doesn't look like one. Like he just doesn't. He, and then he did that tonight. So it's like, oh, it shows that I know. He needs to put a little bit of meat on his bones, but he's got that stroke on the three point line. He's going to get the best shots he's ever had playing for the Mavs with Luca. The attention he tr- attracts, obviously. I like seeing that that uh, transition dunk too. He had a little bit of fire in them, uh, fire in him after that play. I mean. Uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. It's just one game, but but it's against a great you know, team. If this were like a yeah. bum team, I'd probably be shitting on this because I'm a negative Nancy. But this is a great like this. I, I, I mm-hmm. to me this might be their their best road win of the season. I don't know if it's their best win. I need to go back through everything. But this just felt. And not only that, us hardcore Mavs fans know that we've only beaten them five times in the last Ugh. 11 years since we won the title. <laughs> so I was, I've been tired of, especially when LeBron's playing, we never beat them. Like, uh, but yeah, now we've beaten them six times in the last 11 years that it feels great, especially they spanked us earlier in the season. So that, that's, that's awesome. You know, Maxi Kleber, man, if we can just get that. Oh, we can get that kind of production from him in the playoffs. This is just like the way he played a couple of years ago, too. Just really strong defensive. But just as long as he can hit his shots to just hit, a, you know, just a few threes a game, maybe two or three uh, threes a game. Well, uh, Maxi, Maxi's game is so dependent on confidence where his off his defense led to his offense, which mm-hmm. led to his defense. I mean, that's got to be one of the best Maxi games I've ever seen. Five blocks. Com- really, I think he really had six. They called one of them goaltending. I think it, one of them didn't look like it was oh, a goal. And that block, it was a block he had on Kyle Lowry, like off the top of the glass. Yeah, he blocked they called Lowry that bullshit body foul. Yeah, yeah. He, he blocked Lowry like three times a night, basically. So as long as uh, – he's just going to have to not be injured, obviously. I mean, for him to be playing at like this. So, um yeah, we got twenty something games left. I just hopefully he we can have a fully healthy Maxi. Well, that's gonna be hard. Strong D- yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Thirty years old. Yeah. He's our starting center now. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> we need Marquis Chris to get healthy. There's a sentence I wouldn't have predicted saying ever. And just two more things. I keep bringing up this Utah thing. I know we're gonna be playing the Jazz every time we win a two or three in a row, and then we lose one, and then they're on the six game losing streak or winning streak right now. I just feel like we're going to be – we're locked into like – not going to say locked in, but I really feel like we're playing the Jazz. And I'm kind of worried, man, I, to be honest. I'm kind of worried. I don't know what we're going to do, like, if Gobert is fully healthy. And do you think we have a chance at all to beat the Jazz? In the first yes, half? and here's why. Donovan Mitchell can't help but bitch. Uh, he, gave <laughs> an, he gave an interview recently where he basically dumped all over his his uh, his his uh, uh, running mate there and Rudy Gobert. Um Talked about how they're not really friends, but then they can make it work. Yeah. And then I saw talked that about how it's really difficult to to participate in social justice movements while living in 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 uh, Salt Lake. So like his vibes suck. 
even yeah. if he's right, it's just it's like, come on, man, what are you doing? But this so, is like yeah, every time we play a team that wins. has Jordan Clarkson, I feel like he burns us all the time too. That's like, a good point. Yeah, I'm uh, worried about Jordan Clarkson. Hey, we'll worry season. tomorrow. Enjoy the crap out of this game tonight, Chris. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm usually the positive guy. I'm so thinking so far ahead of the, you know, the first round of the playoffs. But yeah, yeah, we just beat the Heat. Fuck that, man. We just we won the night. That's a great win. Um, last thing, the whole Dragic thing. You, you really put buy in this whole Nico thing, saying, "Oh, we're set." I mean, you saying pre, uh, roster spots are at a premium. Are you really saying that Trey Burke is a premium player? I'd cut I don't know, man. In a fucking instant, I, the Dragic, like. See, you're giving me a runway to just dunk all over the fact that Josh and I have been right about their roster. And I don't know if I want to take that runway because this is such a fun win. Now, I will say I think fairness should dictate that if he was considering signing with Miami because we just meet, beat Miami, he should cross them off their list and and consider signing with us. That's going to be my take. Yeah, we need another we need another playmaker. I know we got Dinwiddie, but I don't know if I really trust him to be a consistent like here's player. Well, here's a he weird thing. We here's like like let's him. phrase it like this: having more, having good basketball players, having more of them is good, and the Mavericks should want that. And they have exactly. about four players who are not good. Exactly. So and let's just hope on Thursday we don't drop an egg going the All Star break against the Pelicans, which I know I think they've playing a little bit better since they've got McCollum, but they can't I mean, defend anybody. Luca's going to absolutely eat their lunch. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm my... liking the math so far. This I, I'm feeling great going to the all-star break, even, even if we lose, but I don't think we will because we're playing Pelicans. We just beat the heat. So let's celebrate tonight. Definitely. So. That's right. Talk soon, buddy. Have a good one. Oh, sorry. Cut Chris off there early. That's all right. Sam, what's up, my friend? Kirk, what's going on? How you doing? Oh, I'm I'm good though. I've got like a thousand people in the chat here or in the in the queue, so I'm gonna fly through some people and then I want to go play video games. What's up? I got you. I'll, I'll be quick. I'll, I'll try to be quick. Uh, first of all, yeah, great win, man. Like after that first half, and Max was playing like shit in the first quarter and a half, and I said, okay, he's starting to get that Dwight Powell treatment, trying to banish him to the shadow realm because he's been he's been ass the last god month. I feel like, but. He came out and redeemed himself, so I can't talk shit about him tonight. So, you know, great on Maxi. And then just the other dishes that we had, Dinwiddie, you know, was a little hesitant, you know, wasn't making free throws, which was a little concerning. The whole team wasn't making free throws. So that still makes me a little bit nervous. But he still did his part in Bertans. I mean, that's what we need, just a guy that can spread the floor and can shoot. And if he just keeps teams honest a little bit, that's more driving lanes for Luca and Branson and, that should help this team out tremendously. So, I mean, I really don't got nothing else to say. That's just a great fucking win, and hopefully we can finish off New Orleans on on Thursday and then go into the All-Star break. That's right. Thanks so much, man. Hope, hope to talk soon. All right, have a good one. All right. Coming up next, Zach, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. How you doing, buddy? We'll see if Zach can figure out the uh, the unmute button there. Might take him a second, or it might boot him entirely because you never know with updates from this app. Um, all right, let's go with Garrett. Welcome to the show. How are you, Garrett? Let's see if Garrett's audio or just a great string of audio or uh, uh, audio for our listeners. That's all right. We'll bring you back in a second, Garrett, if you can figure it out. Um, Taylor, you just joined, but, uh, you have a hilarious avatar considering Luca looks so freaking skinny these days. 
Well, uh, yeah, it's an old Avatar. Needs no, it's good. Game, it's funny. We should, we should use it as a reminder. <laughs> I, I just want to say the, the new conglomeration of KP put up 16 points, six boards, and five assists, or five assists, six boards, whatever, in 36 minutes. And more than that, they kept Trey Burke off the floor. So no matter what you think of the trade, less Trey Burke is always a good thing. Mm, good take. That's all I got. You have a good one, Kurt. You too, buddy. Thanks for that. <laughs> Less Trey Burke is better. I could not agree more. Um, Jacob. How are we doing, Jacob? Welcome to the show. Hey, Kurt. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you. All right. Got a couple thoughts. Uh, well, first, just amazing win tonight. I always love beating the Heat. Uh, that's a team that we struggled against so mightily. It's It feels like a monkey off our back. Even though it's just one regular season win, it's a great win. Uh when Maxi hit that uh, three-pointer to seal the game, and I fist-pumped so hard. And uh, actually, a couple thoughts on a couple players, Maxi being the first one. How about that redemption arc during the game? And he played so bad in the first half. Uh, not on defense, though. He showed that he's still you know, a force to be reckoned with on the defensive end, but, man, he struggled, uh, including uh, I think he airballed a three from the corner. It was like wide yes, open. Yes, he did. Like four yeah. feet over the rim type, type mistake. Right, yeah, so that redemption arc was just, it was really fun to see. He kind of took over almost, it seems like, the fourth quarter. He was involved in almost every play. Uh, second player I want to get to is Bertons. Uh, you know, I think he's, uh, I, I was skeptical about, you know, adding him. I thought he honestly couldn't, wouldn't even play that very much unless it was like garbage time or something like that. But, you know, uh, I know it's just one game, but maybe he could offer us some type of, you know, Doug McDermott, McBuckets uh, type of production. When he got here, he uh, was a, he was scorching hot from the three-point line. You know, uh, maybe maybe that's what this team needed was someone that, uh, you know, you really need to chase them off the line. They can move off ball really well, really well. kind of like uh, our version of Duncan Robinson, speaking of the heat, just, you know, a little bit taller and a little more awkward looking. And, uh, gosh, who was the other uh, player I want to talk about? Oh, Josh Green. Uh, his first quarter was fantastic. And one play that stood out to me uh, from Josh was, uh, it was he brought the ball past the half-court line. And uh, Maxie set an off-ball screen for Brunson. He gave it to Brunson. Uh, Brunson gave it back. Uh, Josh went for a straight-line drive. He had his defender on his hip. And that forced Maxie's guy in the paint to come over and uh, help defense. And he gave a little smooth pass over his head to Maxie and Maxie drew the foul. So I thought Josh's uh, playmaking ability on full display there. I think he's taken a little bit of a leap, you know, I'm kind of hoping I'm really rooting for that guy. He can carve out uh, a role here uh, for at least a little while. I agree. He's a fun player to watch when he's, and they need to go ahead and play him so long as he's not actively losing them the game. And he's never like, he's just not going to be the guy that does that. Like him getting 10 to 15 minutes a game to figure stuff out is. Right. Yeah. His his shots looking more confident too. I think he said earlier, he's, he's can't be, he can't, there's no way he's made more than like 15 threes this year, but I mean, it felt like he never made one at all last season. So I mean, there's something to be said there. I think he's working on a shot. He you know, he's showing the initiative to get better, <laughs> which is, I mean, he should do that anyway. But I mean, it looks like he's really trying to you know carve out a role. Uh, he's he's playing his ass off, man. I love I I'm rooting for that guy so hard. So 
Well, thanks for joining, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, sitting outside, and we can get your wind chimes a little bit because we have a storm coming. I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> hey, no problem. It's nice outside. That's right. Talk soon. All right. Thanks for joining. Yes, sir. Okay. Coming up next, we got my guy Brett. Brett, what's happening? We'll see if Brett remembers that he uh, requested to join. Hit that unmute button for us, friendo. He might be driving or something. You never know. All right, Brett, you can request again and come back in a little bit. Um, Brandon, what's happening? Not much, Kirk. Just uh, celebrating this win. Excellent. Uh, Just a couple of things. So just to kind of – I won't spend too much since the last guy I just talked about, Josh Green, but I know I tweeted at you before the game – uh, I really want more Josh Green at the four. I know maybe he's not quite strong enough, but I don't know. Uh, he he it's, he's he had a tough defensive assignment tonight, and I don't judge his defense against Bam. I thought his overall contributions were really fun. Oh yeah, I mean I thought he. I mean first of all against Bam, and this is unfortunately going to be a situation for our team as a whole going forward. Anytime we have a big center, we're just going to get pounded on the boards and pounded in the paint. Although I do think we made some nice adjustments. We played harder in the second half. So, I mean, good on the coaching staff there. But, no, I think Josh Green, just the more burn he gets, it seems he just keeps kind of getting just a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit more confident. And I don't think he's there yet, but I'm curious to see if he could – actually become a playoff rotation player even if it's just like 12 minutes um in, in the playoffs so uh again i won't harp too much on him but uh i just positive signs to be a positive player for 20 minutes against the best team in the east so that's right that's right you got uh, anything else yes yes the the two big big things here of course Bertans and dinwiddie um I what I really appreciate. Obviously, Dinwiddie did not have a good shooting game at all. Um, Bertans kind of did. I think, and I hope this is a little infectious. I don't. I hope it's not just like a maxi just went off for one night. They both made really quick decisions on the perimeter, whether they knew they were going to pass the ball or whether they were going to drive or whether they were going to shoot. I mean, Bertans, if he caught it, he shot it, or he passed it to the open guy. Dinwiddie, he caught it, he drove, or he passed it to the open guy, or he did shoot and just airballed everything. But that is so encouraging to see because I – throw up a little bit every time I see Maxi or Jalen catch the ball in the corner and then like do like a little half pump and then the defender mm. and there's nothing they can do. No. So, yeah. Cause it's, it's the willingness to shoot is a value and I wouldn't be shocked if over the last four days of integration to the Mavericks offensive schemes, the emphasis with those two was make a decision and, you know, one of the Dinwiddie things that he kind of has reasonable criticism, if you look at the tape of him this year, is that he pounds the shit out of the ball, which, I mean, Luca does too, but Luca's Luca, not It's a different deal. And right. I, I agree with that on both both fronts. That I thought both guys made the, like, very quick correct. Yes, and I'm hoping that that spreads to the rest of the team because Maxi looked confident. He drove the ball to the rim once. He took confident shots. So I hope that spreads to the team, and uh, we we can make quicker, more you know, just be quicker and more decisive. 
I also hope Bertans follows in uh, Doug McDermott's footsteps and shoots like 50% from three for the rest of the season. That's right. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it be? Oh, my gosh. Well, that's all yeah. I have. Just, just pumped for this win, and hopefully these guys turn out to uh, kind of rebuild their value. All right, man. Thanks so much for hanging out. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Coming up next, we have Greg. What's up, Greg? Hey, Kirk. I just thought it was a great job by the coaching staff in the second half once again. It's nice to see that. I think it's nice to see the adjustments that are going on there. Defensively, they were outstanding. Like yes. they, 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 that team scored what forty points in the second half. I, the, I wouldn't have picked that as a bet. If my math is right, it was fifty-six to forty. They outscored in the second half. So it's pretty amazing. So, so, anyways, I have it on the Clippers Suns, but on mute while talking to you. And I just found it interesting that the TV guide promoting the game, they're talking about the Clippers playing a back-to-back, and they're talking about. How Phoenix recently reacquired Tory Craig from Indiana, and how Craig is back with the team, and how he could spark a run for them on the guide. And I just found that like the most random thing. It's random, but Craig is like a defensive mastermind. He it, it pisses me off that they got him because he makes he makes a he makes an already great team even better. Ugh, ugh so frustrating. Yeah. Well, I was just short things tonight, and so I let you know. And I just, I didn't, I wasn't on for the first ten minutes, and I didn't know if anything was said on the coaching staff. And I thought, no, no, I say, they deserve their praise because we've kicked the shit out of them enough in the preseason and early in the season. So I agree with you. Their their second half adjustments were outstanding. Yes. All right. Thank you, Kirk. Sure thing. Talk soon. All right. Coming up next, let's try Brett again. Hey, bud. Doing good. Couldn't find the unmute button for some reason. I was off the app when you when you first brought me up. Sorry about that. Um, uh, but yeah, so yeah, a couple things. Yeah, I was gonna say also about the second half adjustments. In the first half, there was a lineup that played for a good four minutes. That was uh, it was Luca, Dinwiddie, Green, Dorian, and Powell. And that lineup should hopefully never see the floor again. <laughs> Incredibly bad. Like like it was like. Not terrible defensively, but just on offense, that's like Luca and like the four worst shooters on the team. Like I just couldn't. I mean, like I get that they're just trying out. They were in the first half. They're basically trying out new stuff. Like Sterling Brown got run and stuff. Um, so they kind of cut that out in the second. Like kid cut that out in the second half and played lineups that like made more sense basketball wise. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Dinwiddie uh, has like a six foot eight and a half inch wingspan. Uh, and I just like for some reason didn't picture that. Like I've not watched. I've like never watched him that much. Like, it not- stood out on television though. Like yeah. it was the the dudes that have really plus wingspans. It's just it's it's kind of wild to watch in some respects. Like Moses yeah, I mean, Brown had this because Moses Brown's wingspan is enormous, and it's just on a guard it hits different. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, I mean, like, like watching him defend, like, I mean, he's not like, you know, a great, he's not like an elite defender or anything, but even just watching him, like, defend someone like Jimmy Butler, and when you're thinking, like, here's a guard defending Jimmy Butler, obviously this is going to be, like, a size mismatch, and it just wasn't, um, and that, I mean, and that allows them to play, to play, like, you know, Dinwiddie and Luka and Brunson, uh, just because Luka and Dinwiddie just aren't 
they're both large guards. Right. Uh, and, really, and really almost everyone in the rotation now is like six, six or taller. Right. I mean, Other the ability both. to play five out now and again with with guys that aren't terrible with the ball is really fun. I, I, I don't know how often they're going to try it, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I, I think I said this not after last game, but like a couple like I think right after the trade, but they have to commit to not playing Maxi like this much. Like obviously he was great tonight, got them a win. There just has to be a some kind of discussion of we can't play him like th- these minutes every night. Otherwise, it's like not gonna like he was gonna it's like last playoffs where he just looked like his. I agree. Player. Yeah, this kid's done this a couple of times this year where he's really gone for wins and the losses always stand out in my mind. But you know. It wouldn't shock me if we don't see a ton of Maxi. Maybe it's because like they're coming up to All Star break. They're all going to get eight yeah. days off because they they don't they actually don't. You know the schedule really works out well from the Mavericks only play twenty five times after the All Star break, and so it's wouldn't shock me if they're just trying to get some of these wins while they can. Oh yeah, I mean and like and I I feel like it will not be in games like this that you won't see them, but in games like they're playing like if they play I don't know the Rockets or something like that. Like they play like whatever bottom feeder teams, he'll just play like 15 minutes, like right. Or they'll just rest him. I mean, like I, don't, I doubt they'll they'll rest him because they don't really have like the depth to. But but like Chris will just get a lot of, a lot more run. I mean, you, and you won't ever see the like. I feel like you won't see the kind of lineups they played with both Powell and Maxi almost ever, unless it's like a game like like this that's close and late. Um. Yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I think that I think that they played even better, honestly, than the scoreline showed, like with both missed free throws, mm. um, like with missed free throws and like Luca shooting like so poorly around the like around the basket. Like he obviously like didn't shoot great from downtown, but like it wasn't like he missed a bunch of mid range right. shots. Like he's one of those games where he missed like runners and floaters and like shots off the backboard where normally like if he makes like like if Dinwiddie makes you know, his free throws and Luca makes like two more shots. It's like a 15 point win. Like, and then it's, and then, I mean, like I felt like other than probably like half, half of the, half of the like second quarter, which is when I feel like they were running some really bad lineups. Um, like they kind of really outplayed them. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. That's where Bullock was missed. Um, yeah. Well, they didn't to... have enough shooting then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks, Brett. You got anything else? Uh, nope. Thanks for having me up. Cool. Talk soon. All right. Let's fly. Jack, what's going on? Give you a second to find that unmute button. Oh, folks, I'm tired and it's 1030. That's what getting old will do to a man. Um, coming up next, Henry, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, Kirk? Um, you were um, trying to make a distinction of uh, was this the most, was this the best road win of the season? It might not be the best, but I do think it's the most important. Like with games with Luca not shooting well, it's it's important. It can't be understated how important it is for the guys' chemistry to like still be able to pull out nasty wins like this. So um, as far as what was the best road win, 
Um, probably go back to January 14th when we beat the Grizzlies like 112 and five. Yeah. Luca had 27, 10 and 12. But as far as like important road wins, this, this is pretty up there. I like that take. Thank you, Henry. You got anything else? Um, we lead the league and we have 11 wins when trailing by 10 plus points. That's, That's the most a great poll. Thank you, Henry. Yes, sir. Have a good one. You too. All right, coming up next, um, I didn't see Rolo hanging out in the in the request. That's how bad I am at this sometimes. But he dropped the incredible uh, link to his sweatshirt, which everyone should scroll up and go see. Rolo, hit that unmute button. Hey, Kirk, what's going on, man? Uh, Thanks for having me up here. Absolutely. Thank you for joining yeah, man, I just wanted to, you know, come up here and, and, and enjoy this win. You know, uh, our, as I say as well, uh, Miami is really our only Eastern Conference rival. You know, we're one and one with those guys. Everybody else, you know, the Hawks and the Knicks, everybody that kind of, you know, all the fans that kind of troll us or talk crap to us. We don't have anything. We've never had anything at stake with them. So, you know, um, but uh, I just wanted to just kind of bounce something off. Uh, Frank only played three minutes tonight. So do you think that if there is a center that becomes uh, available, like maybe a Robin Lopez or, or something like that, do you think that he's going to be the odd man out that gets cut? Or Man, when I look at the back third of the Mavericks roster, I could see ejecting any and all of them to the moon. I, I, I hate to be that brutal about it, but between – Burke between Frank between, you know, you just kind of go through it and it's like, what are these guys adding? And I don't mean to be that cutthroat about it, but it, it goes to a lot of what I, I bitched about for two years about this roster where it's like, the, you know, I don't understand why I had, you know, Willie Cauley Stein, Moses Brown, these are guys they've already sent, sent, you know, like cut ties with. Like they've just had just really poor into the roster construction. Frank was worth a shot. I kind of, I hope he stays because I think he's fun. But like when Frank is bad, he's awful. And when, when Burke is bad, he's awful. And they're just I, I think there are better options out there and there might be on the buyout market. If the Mavericks could pick up a center, I've not even given much thought to this because buyout guys just usually don't have an impact. Um Peja Stojakovic kind of being an outlier. So I don't really have a lot of, of like concrete thoughts about it, but that's interesting. I'm gonna have to think about that one. Do you think that Robin Lopez does get bought out? Because, I mean, that's what, uh, you know, everybody's been kind of talking about. I, I don't know. I'm I don't wrong. know what. He's such an odd dude. He loves Disney World. That's why he signed with Orlando. And he's he's just, he if he played more with the with uh, Orlando, they'd probably win more. I mean, that dude. Yeah, man. Uh, that's, that's what I was thinking myself. So, no, man, I appreciate you having me up here. It was definitely a good win. I always love uh, winning against Miami, so that's definitely a, a great win. And, and uh, thanks for letting me talk, Kirk. Thanks. Sure thing. Talk soon. Okay, let's go. Lyndon, what's happening, my guy? Was Where it- are you at this evening? What's going on? Um, I, Before we get to the game, just, just I've been home since, like, Friday. I got COVID, and my job is, like, don't come back until next week, Tuesday. So. Well, I hope you're uh, feeling okay, but I also hope you're enjoying some oh. solitude. Yes, the first two days I felt like garbage. I feel much better now. Glad to hear it. I, I watched this game, and I was very, very encouraged with a lot of what I saw. And a lot of times, I guess people are encouraged or even just excited by, like, Luca having to do, like, 
superhuman feats to win. And I feel as like that's usually the sign of like a bad team. If Luca has to score like 90 something points in two games, that means your team's not good. That means your team's not good. A win like this, man, was so impressive. And so like, it, it made me so much more confident for the future, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. It's just Dwight Powell can't see the floor in the playoffs, man. I want to be as positive as possible, but he can't see the floor in the playoffs. Can't. I hear you. We gotta find this. We gotta get a center. Have to. I, don't, I just don't know. I, yeah, we're, some some great former Maverick centers getting thrown out in the chat. Zaza asks how we feel about Evan Eschmeyer. That's a like Zaza. You're you're a real old head if you remember the Evan Eschmeyer <laughs> contract. Like. For for the youth that are in the chat, the Mavericks at one point from like ninety-nine to oh two had so many centers, they were terrified of Shaq, as they should have been. Shaq is still the single scariest player I've ever seen. Giannis might be a close second. But it's like the center market is just weird because it's like for years now, like five years, bigs have been the easiest available commodity to come up with. And now it's just not the case. It's it's there's just not any. I guess because more teams are trying to win. Sure, and some of the scarier players, if you really like, go through the you know, center. the center position. I mean, Joel Embiid is just a force of nature. You know, Jokic is is oh my god, he's, he's Dirk, Larry Bird, and Greg Ostertag all in one body, and 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 then Giannis is not a big, but he's not not a big. You know what I mean? You have to you have to have a big to guard him. That's yeah, you have to be a big to guard him. Like poor Maxi. Can you imagine Maxi guarding like Giannis right now? For anybody who doesn't know, Giannis scored fifty points on eighteen shots tonight. He might Oh my gosh. But Maxi deserves a standing ovation. He was not good. He was phenomenal tonight. Phenomenal. Like even and it was like even the little stuff. I think Luca had like a turnover and he just turned and was pissed with the refs. And you see Maxi just sprinting full speed, blocked it up the backboard, um, blocked it up the back. It was a Kyle Lowry layup, and he pinned it on the board and smacked it up the board. And I'm like, man, when Maxi is feeling right, I don't, I know, I know the aesthetic might throw people off, but he is a top tier NBA athlete, like in the one or two, in the one percent, two percent, because Maxi can move his feet. Maxi can effortlessly. Did you see that the one-handed alley he caught? Like effortlessly jumping straight up. He doesn't do that enough, though. It's like I, I think his knees really bother him some games, and like he's definitely on the 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 down. Like the thirty-year-old thing is real for him because when he's yeah. hurting, you can tell. Yeah, it, it's just about the consistently consistent moments. Like Kaminga jumps out of the building every time he touches the ball, and it's like you freak sure. of nature. But Max, but Maxi. When he is like rested, like does he have a new girlfriend? I need to know. Like, like (laughs) he's playing like a man with a with a little pep in his step. Something good must. No, I I, Maxi is an athlete who's really underrated. Really, really underrated. For sure. Did you did you notice how? And have you been noticing this? How the Mavs coaching grows into games? Have you been noticing that? Oh yeah, no, it's probably it's probably the thing that I am. We've least talked about because it's hard to quantify, but their adjustments in the way they do things is really impressive because the knock in the, this is not just that like a lot of people seem to misunderstand these, these comments. 
the knock on kid coming into season is that he was a, like, like he was a power hungry kind of lunatic. And mm-hmm. that wasn't just a thing that people said it happened, but the, the, like, but the coaching staff right now is so damn collaborative. It's like, it's like watching a group of people work together. And so there's like such fluidity in what they do. And the adjustments are markedly different with how they're doing stuff because the defense was incredible tonight, but the fact that the Mavericks, you know, I keep focusing on this, eight turnovers, like that was wild, just really great. That was uh, delightful. Yeah, and it, watching the game reminded me of something I, I, I remember. Um, a lot of people were very angry about the Jason Kidd hiring, and I remember um, Amin Alhassan was discussing the thought processes of, of hiring the Jason Kidd. And he said the thought process of when you ha- when you have a player, you know, you expect him to grow and learn these type of things. And he was saying, why, you know, this guy's in the, in the coaching ranks, he's relatively still a young person. Why do we not believe someone as smart of a player as Jason Kidd could not learn and adjust and grow as a coach? And I think even if he's like probably biting his teeth or just like t- seeing his therapist every day, Jason Kidd definitely has grown as a coach in terms of his demeanor, temperament, and treatment of players. And it's it's working well, you know. It's really working well. Yeah, I'm great. I'm I think it's great. Like and and another thing, have you noticed that like, and and I find myself oftentimes in disbelief that sometimes the Mavs defense will go through stretches where it's like completely put the screws on a team, and you're like, this is the same people, but they're like locking down a team for like a solid stretch, something that good teams do. I have to know, like, this is where watching the tape is so instructive, where you're just rewinding. I have no idea what the hell they did in the second half, other than the fact that it worked. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, that's great stuff. And and were you encouraged, like I was, about the the play of Davis Bertans? I mean... Yes, and we talked about it a little bit before you got here, where if it was against a crappy team, I would say, eh. I think his willingness to shoot is very important, and I think his his defense is going to be horrendous. But, you know, if if they can find stretches against certain kinds of lineups where they can hopefully get some points on the board, it may not matter. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I would just encourage by this win. I you ought to be. Great them. win. I pray this can lead them to go far away from heliocentric basketball. It's just ugly. I, I, I just got to say, heliocentric basketball is ugly. Even I mean, when it's LeBron, it's always if, ugly. But if these guys could hit the shots that Lucas serves up to them, they wouldn't need 96 points from him. No, but if you listen to a, a post game Dorian said, I think it was the game – where Luca was like seven for seven, twenty-eight points in the first half. Sure. He said it was hard on the role players in the second half because you're legitimately not shooting or touching the ball. I it's get like, that, but I've also hard. watched that stuff is really hard. I get it, but I've watched Dorian for for five years not take shots. I mean, against the Clippers the other night, he played thirty-nine minutes and took four shots. That's not on Luca. He passes shit up. He pump fakes. All these clown show guys do this stuff. Maxi and Dorian are the captains of the I don't want to shoot this fucking thing, you know, club. Which <laughs> you don't want to shoot. 
Why never? And it's like, Max, you're pretty good at the shooting. Like tonight, three, he was five of 10 from the floor, three of eight from three. Like you'll take that. That's 37 and a half percent. I loved it. Like Max's shooting is, 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 you know, it's just, it's good. I'm glad like getting confidence up. It's not like Luca Williams. I, I still believe in my heart that Luca wants to pass the ball first. He would rather make a cool pass than do like a, a nonsense 15 footer because it, it's like, it's a challenge thing for him. So it's like, I, I, I don't necessarily think they want to play like heliocentric, but they just need guys who are willing to shoot. I, we talked about it in here a little bit before. The guys who pump fake in the corners drive me crazy. Bertans will not do that. He is a shooting robot. And it's, it's going to be fun if they can get, you know, he took four shots in, in, uh, four minutes to start the game. <laughs> like more of like that. This is funny. And against the heat, I hope they do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All in all encouraging win. Loved, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Good. Well, I hope you feel better. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks man. Mm-hmm. All right. Ike, I know you're itching to respond. What's happening? Hey Kirk. How's it going, man? It's good. What's going on? Hey man. Uh, it's a, it's a good win, and uh, a couple of things. Um, I think for the the detractors of the KP trade, I I for myself was indifferent. I didn't care if he went or or stayed, but you could see. I mean, it's going to obviously take some time to actually see the the overall or, or give the overall grade, but you could see the immediate benefits because the ball was moving so much better um, as far as offensively. Rather than when he did play, you know, throwing it inside and getting the inefficient post up and stuff like that, which, you know, it just didn't really have value to the team. So it's just, it is good. Like, of course, nobody's going to like the returns that we got per se. But I mean, I think you could see Bertans already kind of inching up some of the value as a shooter because of the opportunities that are just going to be there by playing with an all-world talent such as Luka. I mean, playing with Luka versus playing with Bradley Bill is two different things. Um, so that's one thing. And, you know, great game by Maxi. Um, I think the key is for Maxi to stop being passive. Um, you know, his offense and his defense are synonymous with each, each other. You know, when he's passive, he's indecisive. Like, when you're open, shoot the ball. I think you've referenced it himself, like, you know, whenever uh, Maxi or uh, Dorian Finney-Smith pump fake, that might as well be a turnover. It's the, you know, it's the, it's the worst fucking thing ever because it rarely leads to something good. And it just shows <laughs> they're pumping their – like oftentimes the defender isn't even coming out to <laughs> to challenge the shot and they've already pump faked. So um, it's it's just, you know, stop being passive. You know, you're helping the team out when you, you show um, – when you're intentional and decisive as far as like, you know, Luca's going to create shots or even just within the offense, whether it's Brunson or some of these other guys, you know, Josh Green, they're going to create shots for you. You know, hit the shot. It's the same as Dorian Finney-Smith. And if the defender comes out, then pump fake. But, you know, that's really all I have to say. I think, you know, for those that are still talking about, oh, we should have waited to the off season to trade KP, I mean, <laughs> what trade value would he have had then? So, anyways, great win, man. That's all I want to say. Sure thing, Ike. Thanks for joining us again. Um, I posted a link in the chat as a little, uh, Rob Mahoney wrote what I kind of view as the definitive why the Mavericks had to do this now. 
Um, it took a couple of days, but Mark Stein did some reporting. Um, Toronto freaked out at the concept of KP and it blew up that trade. And they blew, they were very concerned about KP's medicals. And I think, though, I, I this is still speculation. I think that the fear on Toronto's end pushed the Mavericks to move because if they weren't going to be able to sell him for something that they liked, then they had to take what they could get. Um, and then Rob really detonated on the trade as a concept today because it's a lot of what we've circled around in here. We're looping KP back into the into things, caused the Mavericks as much dysfunction as him not being there to begin with. So, all right, Stephen, you've been waiting a good long time. How are you? Hit that unmute button there if you are uh, still hanging out. All right, we'll try to bring you up if you can uh, come back. Josh, how are we doing, Josh? Hey, Kurt. I have a question for you. Absolutely. So, I wasn't a big – I love Jason Kidd as a player. Was my mom, One of my mom's favorite players was one of the reasons I got into basketball, but I wasn't too sure about him as a coach. The only thing he ever did that I liked before was really that – was really the 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 water cup thing. I thought that was funny, but uh, whenever he was in Milwaukee, I think. But uh, my question was, I I didn't really know when to judge his coaching because of the fact that he's on a team that he really that him and Nico really never had. He's been we've had these players for three years. I love this team. I, I have. I don't really have a problem with many of the players, but he's been on this. He's been playing with this team that has been brought to him, and not the people that he went and got in this first move with him moving Porzingis. I didn't think they were going to be able to move Porzingis. I didn't think he's I, I, he had been playing well, but with the amount of games he had played versus the amount of games he could have played, I didn't think we were going to be able to move him. And the fact that we got Spencer Dinwiddie. And uh, Davis Bertans and filled two big holes. I'm not. I, I feel like that's that's going unnoticed. Is that we needed another player that could do what J- Jalen Brunson does, and he can't do exactly what Jalen Brunson does, but he can at least dribble with the ball and feel. And we, I feel confident with him dri- dribbling with the ball, at least getting around the court and being able to. Pa- uh, make passes on the and even more confident in Jalen making passes to the inside into the post. And then Davis, I mean, just like you say, he took four shots in four minutes. The man's not scared to shoot. We we needed another shooter because Reggie Bullock and Tim Hardaway, as much as I as much as I like them, sometimes they're just not hitting and we need somebody to be like, hey, like someone can step in and do this if you're not. And maybe put that put that monkey on their back and be like, hey, I, if I'm not hitting, someone's gonna come out here and hit these. So I'm wondering. My my main question was, do you think that I'm starting to believe, and I'm wondering if maybe you believe the same that this is probably the first real Jason Kidd, Nico Harrison move that we can judge off of, and basically what we've gotten from Jason Kidd is just extra is just extra decentness improving our defense 
Well, one thing to, to understand is that from my point of view, it's very difficult to say who is in charge of what. Um, anytime Mark Cuban is involved, he just plays a part. I mean, he answers questions. He'll answer your question if you send him an email, okay? He's very, very uh, responsive is the word that I'll say. Um, I think that, that this is, is a willingness of the Mavericks to admit that what they had tried wasn't working. Okay. And we had gotten kind of berated with the concept that it was working and that we, we just needed to give him more time. But something had happened this year where it wasn't, you know, just the, there's too many games missed. And so I, sure. I think what, what has, has really worked out here is that I was not expecting as much from the coaching. I have been very critical of it. And the that's proof why, is that's in why the pudding. I thought it was important to ask you honestly. The proof is in the pudding. Look at some of these wins they've had. Exactly. You know, it's like, like, okay, this team has good players and players that we like, but you know, the Miami Heat scored 40 points tonight. And yeah, they missed some threes. Yeah, they're missing some guys. But you know Ooh, what? Guys. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. But I think a lot sure. of what they did was good. I need to really? go back and watch no, the was, second yeah. half. I'm not. I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at anything that happened tonight. I thought tonight. I know it's just one game, but tonight made me feel so. I've been tell. I've been telling friends, coworkers about the, trying to explain why the trade was a good thing, and. Probably like three fourths heartedly believing it after seeing tonight. I definitely feel like the trade we won this because I don't know when Chris Tapps is going to play for the Wizards. Well, and that's a difficult part because once I had processed, and so my criticisms of Porzingis always stem from the fact of kind of the comments and the side stuff on top of the fact that he wasn't able to play a lot. But this year, all the comments and side stuff really went away i mean he was a good soldier had great comments he was fun when he played but he just wasn't able to play and then they they basically worked you know that they were able to move him is something that i really would have never expected i just wouldn't have expected this because i I thought it was the same as last year honestly i thought he just had no value well and i mean this is why i've always i become kind of a madman about about mark cuban from time to time is that he just doesn't admit mistakes and there are you know there's not a lot of value in that when you're a billionaire but this is a certain to expect to say okay this wasn't a mistake it just didn't work that's kind of key it's okay if something doesn't work and so the Mavericks have now sort of reset to a degree but if Luca is going to play like he's played and the coaching staff is going to coach like they've coached who knows what can happen I mean, if, if if Luka Doncic and Jason Kidd take Davis Bertans to the second round, oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm sorry. I've always been on that. Uh, I've always liked being a wild card more than a sure thing, because when you're a sure thing, the pressure, I feel like, is more on you to do the sure thing than – when you don't know what could happen in these last two years, I feel like we've been kind of a wild card and it just hasn't happened. And with, with what's coming together, I feel like this team going into the playoffs, if, if what tonight, if we can build on tonight and it, and it goes up, I feel, I'll feel more, way more confident going into the first round against a lot of more teams 
than I did going in, going against the Clippers, who I thought we were going to beat both times, and we didn't. Yeah, yeah, that that stuff's difficult because it's so matchup based. It's not a for sure thing, obviously. That 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 they're going to continue to to build on this and play. I mean, even even Spencer Dinwiddie had a lot of a lot of times tonight where I was just like, God, like this isn't exactly what I wanted, but. At the same time, the fact that, I mean, you see, you see, you'll see Dorian, you'll see, uh, Maxie, you'll see Dwight. And I mean, I don't want them drip. I mean, Dorian, I, I can, I can, we can, we can talk about in certain situations, but I don't want them dribbling the ball. I don't want, I, I, really don't, want Trey, I don't want Trey Burke, Trey Burke on the, on the, on the court that much. And I, there's not another guard that can actually make plays. And some of those, and I, I saw it in the chat earlier too. I, and I agreed, I forgot who it was, but some of those Spencer Dinwiddie, in, uh, int- there was a couple of Spencer Dinwiddie in- entry passes to Luca that I just, I'm not sure if it's just cause he's taller. I'm a tall dude. I feel like it's whenever you're taller, it's easier to see over the defense and make those kinds of passes because you're longer. You have control of the ball at a higher point, trying to get it to trying to get it down low. It just it just seems to make sense to me that he can make those plays better than and, and get Luca the ball in different situations where maybe he doesn't have to have the ball as much, but we're going to him still. Sure, you know, I understand. I mean, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to take too much time up but all right that's that's yeah. early <laughs> yeah I, i'm just i've just i've just really liked what i've seen in spurts i mean spencer i, I like davis more than i like spencer tonight but i see the potential in what spencer can bring and i mean there was a lot if, if you noticed i was i watched the whole game there's a lot of like you know people coming up to spencer and, and not as much as Davis, but people coming up to Spencer and kind of talking to him a little bit. Maybe he just needs more time with the offense, and and you know, like he's only been here a week. Like, oh, certainly. This was an this so, was an outstanding result for all for both players because exactly great team. This is you know it's it's if they you know how they perform against the Pelicans is going to be interesting because the Pelicans are so bizarre. I don't want to call them bad. They're just strange, but like they've had a lot great been over the last oh, oh, since the traded line. So like, I mean, what uh, they moved Nick Keel. I yeah. mean, they just have a lot of movement. They have a lot of movement all over. I feel like that's one of the things about the trade line is teams teams aren't as good as they seem whenever they get whenever they get the players they get just because it takes a minute for for sure them to get adjusted for sure. Well, thanks for hanging out. No problem, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's always a good time. Hope you come back. We'll talk to you on uh, Thursday. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Oh, let's make it through a few more people, and then I got to go to bed, friends. Steven, let's find that unmute button this time. Oh, sorry. I I, I had something nah, else. Nah, it's fine. Right in the wrong time. It's fine, buddy. Um, thanks for joining. Yeah, th- thanks for having me. Um, So th- that was an interesting game because it was, it was kind of hard to watch the beginning. And then in the third quarter, I mean – yeah, they just turned it around, and Maxi, he he clamped down Jimmy Butler. Like Jimmy looked like he didn't want any part, and Bam, he couldn't get past the elbow. He kept trying to pass it from the elbow, but he just couldn't. He couldn't do anything. I, I was really impressed by just how they, how they did everything they did in the third quarter, and then 
overcame the officiating and finished the game really strong. Well, and we should lean into that because I was expecting a meltdown and then it just didn't happen. Yeah, the first half was kind of – I was kind of like, oh, this is what I – I could see the game going this way. But uh, I think I, I, I'm really excited for Bertans because he went from San Antonio to the Wizards. And when he left, he made all – he made some comment I read about how horrible their team chemistry was. And I think getting back into a more – I want to call them out stable, but I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> They're winning. Yeah. They, 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 everyone seems to like each other and they seem like they're playing really hard right now. Like everyone's playing hard not to let the other person down. And I think he could be really great in that, in that environment. And I don't know, Spencer Dinwiddie was in the East. So I never really saw a whole lot of him, but I remember Bertans and hopefully he can get back to where he was. But at, at this point, I think I'm kind of just repeating. <laughs> it's a, no, it's great. The, no, the whole point of these, the whole point of these is for us to talk about it. So we don't piss off our spouses and friends and significant others. who don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I, pu- I push the line when it comes to that. Um, but I will say watching Luca had like maybe three sequences where he was just like dancing with the ball and just putting moves on people. It was, that was so much fun to watch. <laughs> But, Him, who did I, 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 gosh, who's, uh, PJ Tucker. I said he, he committed an act of elder abuse against PJ Tucker on one of his drives and bank shots. <laughs> I, I wish, I wish Maxie got credit for his, those, those other blocks. They looked clean, but uh, that's the way it goes sometimes, I guess. But thanks that's for right. having me on. Uh, I got to get, I got to get a few other things. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. All right. Let's fly through. Max, how are we doing? Hey, Kirk, how you doing? I am all right. Yeah, I just got a question. What's the name of that other lobbying guy who plays in the NBA? Can't seem to recall his name. <laughs> Chris. I don't know. It doesn't Chris matter. Chris Porzingis? Something, something like that. Thing is, so, Christoph, I don't know. But, oh, my God. Davis Bertans, dude. Like, I, I am I'm very, very pleasantly surprised by his production tonight. Um, you know, even though it's a quite literally the smallest sample size imaginable, I, I do think that going from a place where you have absolutely like Washington had what, like I saw on Twitter, I, I don't remember if someone's mentioned it already, but Washington had like some of the lowest, like three point quality looks. Mm in the NBA, whereas whereas the Mavericks, I mean, playing alongside Luka fucking Doncic, who will, you know, all almost always, you know, set you up for a for a very very open look from the corner. I I I, I am I I am not confidently bullish, but I am I'm I'm hopefully bullish on on his production going forward. I think that he'll I think that his is shooting and. His 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 really strange energy, like like his his jump shot is just so like the first two shots that he missed, he like he he like kicked his leg out really far. I was just like, huh. And it looked it, like you know what it looked like. It looked like a preset motion 
for a like like a, a video game animation where it's like yeah. like so exaggerated. Exactly. It's it's interesting. But but yeah, I'm I think that tonight was was a fantastic win, you know, beating the, the number one seed in the East. And you know, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. You know, just gotta get take care of business against the Pelicans. You know, chill out for the all-star break and then hopefully hop back in the wagon fresh. Well, thanks for joining, Max. Hope you talk soon. Hmm? All right, we're going to um, let Christian, because Christian probably wants to go to bed because he's an East Coast man now. What's- I will never be called that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Oh, nothing. I'm not going to take up too much time. I just... Uh, you know, I think uh, I, I mentioned uh, the last time we got on um, the Clippers loss that I was totally fine with the move because I think there was some promising things from both Dinwiddie and Bertans that could translate, and we need that bench help. And, you know, Bertans was with the wizard Wizards uh, 44% on – from three on wide open looks. And like it was previously mentioned, the Wizards don't get very many of those where I think he'll get uh, quite a few more with the Mavs. He's a shooter and they have slumps and he hasn't been playing well, but I think he will. But one of the most promising things for me to see tonight was, I mean, he's a crap defender, but, he actually was given effort and we play a team style of defense that I think uh, it seems that you can't necessarily say he's bought in after one game, Um, but it seems he's happy to be here and out of Washington. I think he can be an important piece. I don't know if he'll really get many playoff minutes, but when you're able to shoot, there's always going to be a point in time uh, where those minutes will come in handy and I think, uh, you know, having Reggie, who I feel confident almost every shot he shoots from three is going in besides when he does those weird, like, fading sideways shots that never seem to go in. I don't know why he still does it. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, this uh, getting these two players sets us up to after a few games and they get adjusted. I think uh, take some of the pressure off of the starters, like Dorian and Luca primarily come to mind, um, to let us finish out the season strong, uh, get our guys some rest. And I think, I honestly think Dinwiddie's going to play like pretty rough uh, the next 10 or so games. Uh, but I think my prediction, at least anyways, is going to be him playing. Uh, the last 10 or so games of the season very well leading into the playoffs. And we're going to get that uh, to the second round this year. So it's good. Love it. Um, and I hope you have a great night, Kirk. You and your family are safe and uh, take care. Talk soon, buddy. All right. Um, Sonic, what's happening? Hey, Kirk. <clears throat> oh, I'm really enjoying the win. That was um, I was worried at halftime. I was like down ten, but and I, I was distracted uh, taking care of my son. But uh, I kept looking up, and I kept expecting the Heat to just you know get that 
just stretching the lead and get out in front of us. And I'm like, wait, we we're still in it. I was like, okay, six points, four points. Well, he took the lead. I was, uh, I was really impressed. They held on. It's great. It's a great time because I was so, expecting to be upset. Yeah. Yeah. I was too. So like, I definitely, as far as I was really curious to see how the two new guys were going to handle. And I was actually really impressed with Bertans. Like the energy he showed, there's one moment where like he's in the corner ready to do his thing. Brunson is, is like going to the basket and seems to get in trouble. And he, I see Bertans immediately start cutting and kind of saves the possession just because he saw what he needed to do. And that energy was there. And it's just not something I'm used to seeing with a lot of the other, other guys, except for like green. And it's just little things like that, that um, I wasn't expecting. I didn't really know a whole lot about him before. Um, so I was, I was impressed. And Woody, uh, Spencer definitely want to give him more time. I think, I think he has a more complicated job than, uh, yes. Bertans. So, so that's a think, great description. Um, <laughs> Bertans kind of knows exactly what he's there to do. He's done it for a long time. It's kind of a plug and play situation, but you need a little configuration time with, with, with Spencer to kind of gel and figure stuff out. So um, looking forward to see what he can do. And one of the things looking, looking at all the commentary and stuff on, on this trade uh, that occurred to me was was the descriptions that Bertans gave about the Wizards and just the the I guess locker room situation and the atmosphere and thinking about the Mavs I know in the past I know you've stated and others have, have talked about um, at least the front office having maybe a, a bad environment <laughs> um, but it seems like the locker room like there's a distinction between the front office kind of environment the organization environment versus just like the locker room environment. And the thing that I feel like has been true for as growing more true is that the Mavs locker room, they, those guys play for each other. And, and the attitude that Luca brings just kind of that joy of loving to play the game, still being extremely competitive. Like it's all kind of trickling down into this really good locker room atmosphere that is very, seems to be a stark difference to what Bertans was describing coming from, right? Sure. It's a place and I think it's, 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 it's also pushed upon, you know, the difference of not having Rick and, and, you know, I, I don't think anybody really, I don't know. The Carlisle stuff is, is we're going to find out more about it someday, but I think they had all just kind of grown tired of him Yeah, and that's enough. And right now they just seem to like kid and they like each other. Yeah. I think, I think kid lets them, like he, he gives them breathing room to 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 like let that atmosphere grow and thrive. He mm-hmm. doesn't he doesn't squash it <laughs> necessarily just just because maybe Rick was too much of a control freak and that was really the only you know downside to that. But I'm just looking forward to it. I think I'm hoping. I, I don't know if it's true, but you know <laughs> uh, we've always wanted Dallas to be a place that people wanted to come and play. You know, hopefully this is another one of those things where they see people come and, and hopefully get better because of, of the situation, because it looks like a, a place that they would want to be. I've had this idea that, that Mark Cuban for a long time has wanted to pull a Jerry Jones, not in the bad sense. I want to say he wants to be a mark. He wants to market the team in such a way that it, it expands the fan base and becomes a much larger market and specifically like targeting like the international market. Sure. And I've always, you know, I think Dallas is what third, third largest market in the U.S. 
fourth it's hardest big. park in the U.S.? I'm not sure, but it's big. But I, I've always pictured, like, and especially with stuff going on around the country, but, like, it seems like there's an opportunity for Dallas to replace maybe the, the image that other markets have had for a long time as being a place that people want to come to. And, you know, I don't know if it, it really does start with international players or whatnot, but all these things kind of mixing together. I, I do hope, you know, Nico is able to kind of maybe tie a bow on it and finally we'll see something in the off season. I'd love to see that kind of change. So thanks, thanks anyway. Sure thing. Thanks for hanging out. Talk soon. All right, we're going to let my man Jose take us out, who has probably been in here the whole time. And if he fell asleep, hey, he didn't fall asleep. Let's go. <laughs> no, I actually fell asleep in, in the fourth <laughs> quarter with five minutes left to go. And uh, I was in here and I started hearing some of the commentary and I was like, shit, well, I need to go and do my job and finish watching this game. So I, I pulled up Bally Sports on my phone and went to go watch a replay and uh, watch the fi- final five minutes. So I was like, okay, that way I could give a very accurate description of what happened last night. But how? Are- I'm okay. I don't normally like going more than an hour, but I think we got to celebrate shit like this because this was just such a thorough shit kicking. I feel good. And it was early. You know, even if I get off now, I'll still go. <laughs> right. So uh, some of the key things that I took away from the game, and I'm not sure if I if I had missed out on this or not. Again, I had went to go watch the rest of the fourth quarter. But uh, Dinwiddie, Luca, and Brunson all seen the, the floor at the same time. That was interesting. Uh, Dinwiddie didn't have the best showing tonight, but he he got – I mean, he did what he had to do as a point guard, pass the ball, even though he was kind of wide open, uh, like he passed it immediately to Dorian. And Dorian – took the shot. I don't recall if he made it or not, but something that is mind blowing to me is that, uh, your, your came in in the first quarter and looked like he was, he was an all-star against the Mavericks. Uh, definitely had me tweeting about how we needed a big man. Hopefully Nico still sees that as a priority and says, you know, Hey, we we do need a big man, but uh, holding the Heat to ninety nine points is is an feat by itself because this team is deep. Of course, they were missing Tyler Hero, but at the same time, that this Heat team is so damn good, and to be number one, and again, this defense is just being consistent and and how well they defend down the stretch. How, uh, how they rotate, how they're stopping uh, these teams with with good rosters. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I'm bullish on this defense, Kirk. Like I'm I'm really buying into it. I'm really starting to think that we're really a defensive team. And I know I said this a while back, a couple couple of months ago, about how this defense is really good. But just seeing the effort tonight just solidifies it even I mean the defense has been good long enough and against good teams that it is not anything other than real I just don't know how <laughs> it doesn't 
<laughs> right. Like, like you, you wouldn't think that, that, uh, Powell and you, you wouldn't think that even Brunson and, and Luca could, could be out there together and not just get absolutely, absolutely killed by, by the, uh, starting lineups of other teams. Like last year, I couldn't see this being a possibility. And even with Luca Bronson and Dinwiddie being out there for a couple minutes that they were, it wasn't like they were just getting uh, played off the court. Like Josh Green, um, when he got taken out, it, uh, we gave up a couple of points. I think they went on a 7-0 run in the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken. But other than that, you you just didn't see too many times where where the Heat just started taking the the game in their hands. And Eric Spolstra just said that um that the Mavericks are are having a good defensive team that they're making you play uh, and grind out a whole game, which is interesting to hear a, a coach like Spolstra give that much credit to the Dallas Mavericks. So, uh, I mean, we're having a lot of coaches come out and talk about how good this defense is, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they could hold it up in the second half. Dang right, buddy. Well, thanks for hanging out tonight, staying up late. <laughs> Appreciate you for, for bringing me up, Kurt. Thanks. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay, friends, it is not too late, but we've been talking for almost an hour and a half. Um, this will go up on your podcast feed sometime tomorrow afternoon if you would like to listen again. Otherwise, tell your friends. Be sure to subscribe by clicking on my profile page there and get notified by following me when we go live after games. Um, Josh and I did a, a recap pod that's only about 15, 20 minutes long, which you should listen to. Um, and then, uh, I'm going to be testing a new podcast. If, uh, you know, there's one in your feed this morning, let me know if you liked it or if you didn't, there's something you'd like extra. Uh, I always want feedback from those who listen and I appreciate your support and time and, uh, we will talk soon. Go Mavs. Everybody enjoy the middle of your week. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.